This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure, long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two, it's episode 95. Cubs have no dough for so. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on all those socials, Fly the W670, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, we're also on Facebook. And you can email Crowley and I at flythew670 at gmail.com. Well, Crowley, we uh, had the uh, second domino, if you will, fall on uh, Saturday afternoon. And Friday was uh, quite wild. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've never seen anything like that in my life as far as free agency. It starts, Dustin, with John Morosi tweeting out at 7.39 in the morning. There's John Morosi saying, oh, the, you know, today's the day. Shohei very much could, eminent is the word he used. Decision well, but, is but to eminent. be fair, now to be fair, go back, come on, put that back up. I, I am the king of taking things out of context with audio and, and radio, what I do on a daily basis. Let's read what he said. Source. Mm-hmm. Otani's decision is imminent. Possibly, you left that out, possibly uh-huh. as early as today. Well, that, I mean, that's just that's just pure speculation. Pure, mm-hmm. I mean, g- give me a source at least, right? But he's not reporting anything. But, I mean, but- yeah, I mean, could, it could have happened. It could happen. Listen, here, Crowley, I'm reporting that Cody Bellinger – could sign with a major league team as soon as Tuesday. There you go. I just reported that. I mean, it means nothing. It means so, that he could, right? I mean, what does that mean? What what he was implying there is, and and there was some other tweets too that it was going to happen this weekend and as early as today. Well, Basically, was Sunday. It, it, was, it was it was coming it, down to Sunday it. by Sunday at the latest. When we got off the air on Friday. Mullion Hall. It was by Sunday at the latest, he's going to make a, a move. That, right. And that's what I think everybody was banking on. And at that point, it looked like LA, LA, or Toronto. That's what it looked like. Well, then, then that's where things kind of got crazy because about a half hour later, Morosi reports that the Blue Jays are one of the finalists. So we know that, right? It's just how this all kind of starts adding up. And then at 301, Morosi reports that sources told him Shohei was en route to Toronto. That's the big one right there. That's okay? a problem. That's a problem. So here is, so you start with the one about, you know, could be as early as today. And then a few hours later, supposedly he's on a jet en route to Toronto, right? A representative of his agency, CAA, would not comment when asked about Otani's travel plans. At this hour, Otani does not have a signed agreement with any MLB team. So, like I said, it starts as early as today, and then the next thing you know, he's on a plane. So you just kind of put two and two together. And and when, when you talk about sources, obviously you have to be careful because that person's telling you in confidence, Right. Supposedly, (laughs) yeah, but they're but they're they're telling you. But if their name's attached to it, that person could lose their job, right? Sure. So that's kind of why you're never going to hear who the sources are. 
And so that's when things go crazy. It, it's then reported that there's a private plane that left John Wayne Airport in Orange County at 9.10 a.m. and arrived at 3.54 at Toronto Pearson International Airport. Dustin, there were close to 4,000 people monitoring the plane on Flight Radar 24. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but like on Twitter, you can like literally track flights and people are tracking this flight that they believe is Shohei Otani. And now this, this is, like I said, fever pitch at this point. Everything, everybody's going crazy. The flight lands. It wasn't Shohei emerging from the plane, but Canadian entrepreneur Robert Herjavec. He is a judge on the TV show Shark Tank. Yeah, I, I, I watch Shark Tank. It's a good one. Yeah, I know that guy. I, and I don't know him. Um, but here's the thing, Dustin, and, and, and maybe I've been hanging around you too much that the conspiracy uh -oh. theories are coming out. Uh-oh. But both Shohei and Herjavec are represented by the CAA, the Creative Arts Agency. Ah, very interesting. So what are you saying? Apparently, after all these reports came out and everybody's getting nuts, the Dodgers upped their offer. And when it was all said and done, Dustin, Shohei signs a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Dodgers. So the question is, is, is was Morosi given some information ah, to try to, to try to push everything going oh. to push oh. it up to uh -huh. 700 million. Very interesting. I'm hearing that I Toronto like it now Crowley as a, um, uh, a member of the media. Okay. I have not seen what you are talking about. Is there, is there a source? Is there, is it out of, is it in the Twitter sphere? Where, where did this, it, it where is, did this it come is, from? It is absolutely in the Twitter sphere. And you, yeah, if you just Google uh, the, the judge's name, Herjavec and Otani and CAA, it'll come up. It'll come up. So there's a lot of questions. I'm, I'm just saying it just, it really. I like it. It, it. It's very interesting. Right. I mean, because we went from like, it's going to be more than five to seven. And it's not like going from $5 to $7. It's going from $500 million, half a bildo, to $700 million. Crowley, you can buy, I think, seven NHL franchises for yep. $700 million. Yep, it, it was it was insane. And so I, I think it was probably the price was around $600. And then all of a sudden, all these reports happened and boom. Knock it up to seven hundred, get it down, and you're done. Things that so, make you go, hmm. I like right, it. I, right. I like it. I can definitely get on board with this, Crawley. Now, Morosi, who was the one that you know that kind of started with, and and let's be unfair. John is a great guy and a great reporter. You know, I feel awful for him. Here's his apology. You know, today I I posted reporting that included inaccurate information that Shohei was traveling to Toronto. I regret the mistake and apologize to baseball fans everywhere. I'm deeply sorry for letting you down. I mean, I feel bad for him. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I, I always, I always like hearing him on the Parkinson Spiegel show. I, I always like to replay his clips on my pregame show when we have the opportunity to uh, hear from him. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel bad for the guy. Um, but you know, yeah, it's very, I mean, listen, agents, agents put things out there for um reporters to help them along they use each other that, that's right. not that's not breaking news nope and and, and so the, i mean now that we know this this is the largest baseball contract our biggest contract in mlb history he his old teammate mike trout was at 426 he almost doubles it dustin to right. seven Hundred million crazy that he almost double he almost doubles it. You I know, mean, and that I, and that starts the conversation. We're gonna go a little off track here, but like we were talking out loud at work, and it's like, okay, so like that's more money, that's more money than LeBron James and Michael Jordan combined NBA career earnings. Now, again, I understand that Jordan played in the late eighties and early nineties. I get that. But think about that. Their career earnings, the two arguably best players that have ever played basketball combined earnings less 
than Otani. Not only that, Dustin, uh, with with that, the uh, Dodgers, with Shohei's salary for the year, it, it, it's more than eight MLB franchises will pay their entire roster. So Shohei's going right. to make $70 million. The Guardians are going to spend 66 right now, the Marlins 65 the Royals 65 the Brewers 61 the Reds 59 the Pirates 54 Baltimore 42 and Oakland 38 So one guy is making more than the entire roster of every one of those teams. Well, did I also read that this is more money that the, the A's total salary for the last 10 years combined was under $700 million? That, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. It, <laughs> you know, and so John Heyman's going to report that there were three finalists for Shohei, the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, and the Angels. And that the Giants and the Cubs kind of rounded that out. But in the end, it was those three. So you had the Dodgers and Blue Jays kind of really bidding with each other. And the Angels, I think, you know, Shohei, there was a comfy, I think he wanted to stay geographically in L.A. Um, I think he wanted to go with the winner. But I do think that like playing in a dome, which is what they do mostly in Japan, uh, I thought that kind of intrigued him. The Blue Jays intrigued him. But in, in the end, man, the I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm looking it's comfortable. at this. And- he could probably stay in the same place that he's been living. Everything's similar. It's not that far of a distance between LA and Anaheim. So I think that's, I think that's a lot of the routine is a big part of this. I believe. Yeah. You know, and, and, and who knows, but if we take a look at our board, Dustin, right here, that's like you said, the second domino has scratched. We talked about tier one free agents now, uh, when you talk about pitching, you got Yamamoto and Snell. When we talked about trade targets, you got Cease and Alonzo still up there. But everything's open on the Tier 2 uh, free agents, Tier 2 trade targets. So Jordan Montgomery's still out there. Matt Chapman's out there. Cody Bellinger sitting pretty right now. When we talk um, Corbin Burns, if he's traded, Alec Bregman, uh, Tyler Glass now. The Tier 3 free agents still out there. Reese Hoskins, Jorge Soler. Um, the other Japanese pitcher, Imanaga, and then the tier three trade targets with Shane Bieber, Hassan Kim, and Isaac Paredes. But, you know, when I take a look at this now, I mean, when you talk about Shohei going to the Dodgers and Juan Soto go to the Yankees, that's it for left-handed bats other than Cody Bellinger. So, you know, I think with the, the second that Shohei signed, all the Cub fans are going, you got to sign Cody, sign Cody. Cody and his agent, Scott Boris, are not going to do a darn thing right now. They're going to sit there and just let everybody get desperate and sweat it out. I don't see a move coming anytime in the near future. Right. But the question is, is it's the are the Giants the team that are going to be the ones that are overpaying here? Because they're it, so desperate. You know, it's like going to the racetrack, Crowley, right? You go to the racetrack, you got a couple hundred dollars. You're willing to, you're willing to invest at the, at the racetrack. And you're just loser. Loser, loser. So you bet on a one to five, right? Where you got to bet $5 to win a dollar just so you can cash a ticket. I mean, I just think the Giants are just going to just do whatever they got to do because they got to land somebody at some point. Think about Toronto as well. I mean, their fan base literally thought they had Shohei Otani on a plane. They sent out a news crew (laughs) to the airport to see the shark tank judge. I mean, so both of those teams where you have Toronto who believed they were in it till the, that, that he literally was coming off a plane to San Francisco that, that, that swung and missed on Harper and judge and, and the Korea mess. So both of those teams are, you know, you know, we kind of, we were incredulous, you and I, about the Bruce Levine, you know, when, when Bruce reported that uh, Scott Boris was talking 300 million for, uh, Cody Bellinger and and Dustin, I guess this is where you know when when you you talk about it, let let's get it out in the open. Uh, nobody's worth this amount of money. I get that. We've been saying that a long time. I actually have a Sports Illustrated cover about Ryan with Ryan Sandberg when I he became the highest media, paid yeah. player, yeah. seven million a year, ten <laughs> percent of what Shohei's going to make seven this year. But, but that people are always going to complain about what it's worth. But but this, especially, this is the game of baseball, man, is, is that you are going to overpay. And your hope is, is that, you know, obviously that back end of the deal is going to look bad. Now, I want to get someone on the fly, the W, that can talk me through the finances. I'm going to look. I don't know if you got somebody. 
But my understanding is that this deal is very a lot of deferred money. A lot of deferred. See, see Bobby Bonilla, right? See, see right. Bobby Bonilla. Right, Bobby um, Bonilla Day. Yeah, and this it's cash friendly, so that the the Dodgers are able to go out and still load the team up without uh, getting killed in the uh, luxury tax area. That's another part and, and of this. And my understanding right? is that's um, that was uh, Shohei's idea, right? Like he he wants to win and he doesn't want to win if you know just be the highest paid player and then have no one around him. He wants good players, and I mean, can you think of any scarier three when you talk about? I mean, Jesus, they got Mookie. three Hall of Fame. They got three Hall of Famers in the top third of their order. <laughs> Mookie right? Betts, and right? Freddie Freeman, and now Shohei. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Three three potential Hall of Famers in their primes. Batting one, two, three. But again, I think now you have to be smart and not throw crazy money at Cody Bellinger as much as I liked him and this and that. 300 just to me is out out of the price range. But Dustin, what I'm worried about now is you know the guy I've been and crazy about is is Yoshinobu, the pitcher, uh, Yamamoto. But now everyone's saying, okay, this is is looking – you know, it's the contract now is getting bigger and bigger. And John Heyman says Yankees contingent is flying to LA to meet with coveted free agent uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Every big market team is interested. Cost could hit 300 million. It's a long list, but Mets and Dodgers are also seen as big players. He, and then John adds to that. Uh, this is not saying he's signing with one of those three teams. Those are just the perceived favorites. Also linked Red Sox, Cardinals, Cubs, Phillies, Giants, Angels, Tigers, Diamondbacks, although things have gotten a bit rich for a couple of those teams. So let's assume Diamondbacks, Tigers are out. Then you're looking at Giants, Phillies, Cubs, Cardinals, Red Sox. You think the Phillies can afford that? I mean, with everyone they're paying? I don't don't see how. I mean, again, unless – I mean, you you can get anybody you want, assuming that you're willing to go deep into these taxes, right? I mean, there is no cap. Right. And that, that that's where I'm just kind of, you know, and, and this is going to throw a lot of things off. It's going to throw thing, a lot of things off tilt here. And so, you know, with, with the Mets, the Yankees and, and the Dodgers, I mean, daddy, Steve Cohen, he actually took a jet and flew to Japan to meet right. Yoshinobu with an, with an entourage. So, I mean, that tells you how bad they want that. And then Yankees fans are already calling the off season Yamasoto. Um, and so they already feel that they're going to have Yamamoto and Soto. So that's just absolutely crazy. But, you know, are the Cubs going to be in on any of this? And that's where you start to get nervous. Now, get this, Dustin, is that, okay, you're going to spend a lot of money for Shohei Otani if you're the Dodgers. But guess what? The Dodgers have a lot of trade chips too. And now they're being talked about with not only Dylan Cease, but Tyler Glass now, who we were hearing was, you know, you know between the Cubs and the Reds. And so everything that's happening here, these are the dominoes that we talk, we're going to start falling after the first couple, is, is that, okay, what happens with Glass now? What happens with Yamamoto? So, Dustin, if the, if the Mets don't land Yamamoto, let's just say, right? You're looking at Yamamoto being one of the big, big free agent targets. He's, he's probably the number one free agent pitching target. If, if the Mets don't land Yamamoto, does that loosen up Alonzo, Right is that if you don't think you're going to win this next year and Alonzo's going to walk, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I could see them easily getting re- trying to dump Alonzo at the trade deadline. But to me, if, if the Mets don't land Yamamoto, you get a lot more prospects if you get a full year of Alonzo. So right. it's where, where, where do they feel they are right now? Mm-hmm. So and where is, do they feel like, you know, how important is he to where they feel they're at, right? Right. So, you know, Jed's being quiet. He's in stealth ninja mode. And so I don't I don't see Cease coming here. I don't know if if Burns is going to be traded, especially within the division. And so now you got the Dodgers in on glass now along with the Reds. Well, that's what I hate. I hate that glass now, the Dodgers are now after glass now. Because right, the Dodgers because have the Dodgers actually have better they have better stuff to trade than the Cubs, right? Well, you, so do the Reds, and that's where you're starting to you know start to get a little worried yeah, about. But that. Are, the, are the Reds really going to build to win? I mean, unless the Reds are going, unless the Reds are going to go for it for next year, right? Like they're all in because they think they can win it next year. 
I, th- I do I do think that they're ready to believe that they're ready to be a power player. And again, they just got the number two pick with the draft. So it's not like I mean, that's five years away. I mean, that's five. That guy's four or five years away, probably. But you never know. I mean, especially it, if it's a especially if it's a, a position player. Right. Or but Pitcher, line, maybe you know, earlier. Right. Because they could come in as a reliever, maybe early on. And not only that, you, if you get a college player versus, say, a high school player or something, you right. take. And I have no idea. I have no idea what the, the prospects are at this point. Haven't paid attention since the Cubs weren't right there like they have been in the past. All I know is, is, you know, we, we talked that you had to get one of those tier one players in here. And so I'm starting to get nervous is that if you're just telling me, let's say that there's three top, we said tier three agents, Hoskins, Soler, Imanaga. Is that really going to be a successful offseason? I just, I, I feel the Cubs need a one or a two. Um, well, I tell you, Soler, Soler, Hoskins, and get me a pitcher. I could live with that. So Jordan Montgomery. Okay. I just, uh, boy, this is where it starts getting tough with Jordan Montgomery. You know, he had a good off season. Is that going to translate into a five, six, seven year deal? I don't, I don't know. Right. I, I'm, I'm, you know, just going to wait to see. You and I both talked I'm, about I, this. I, I'm willing to let them. I'm willing to give them the leash to see what they end up turning it into. Right, and you remember last year, we it, it looked like the Cubs were going to get you know nothing, and they ended up with Swanson, right? Right. And so that happened later in the offseason. So no time to panic right now. We'll tell you when to hit the panic button. But uh, well, yeah, we're I, here for you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say that, you know, this is what we've been waiting for. This is really starting to kind of come to, to come together. And I think Yamamoto makes a decision relatively soon. I would say probably uh, definitely before Christmas. And so, you know, you're, that that's not that far away. It's like, you know, 10 days, what, right? 10 days. So it's like in the next 10 days. I think we're going to see a lot of chaos. It'll be a little, more, be a little more than 10 days, but yeah, I mean, you know, 10 business days, whatever, but yeah, he's probably the next biggest name um, to go again, unless, unless the giants are going to absolutely positively overpay for Bellinger, which would not unfortunately surprise me. But if they back out, if the giants back out, where's he going? Toronto? I mean, go ahead, go to Toronto. You know, like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, you know, all I know is when when we had Matt Spiegel on the podcast, mm-hmm. he was saying that, uh, you know, when it comes to Bellinger, he loved his time in Chicago a ton. He's going to give the Cubs a chance to match, you know, anybody else. Whether or not the Cubs want to do that is a completely different story. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. There's no doubt about that. Hopefully it's worth the wait, Crowley. Hopefully it is worth the wait. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is episode 95. It is season two. The Cubs have no dough for so. And in this segment, we are going to take a listen to an interview with Joe Madden on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Crowley and I are going to break it down cut by cut, give you our reaction. But don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. So Crowley, on our last episode, I told our listeners that at five o'clock on Friday, the Friday that just passed, Joe Madden was going to hop on and talk to the guys about Shohei Otani, about David Ross, and a couple other little things about the Cubs. Yeah, I literally, I drove down to Wrigley Field on Friday, and right when I got down there, right right when I found a nice parking spot on Gray Street, Grayson, I ended up just sitting there and pulling over the car right at five o'clock. It was couldn't have been any more perfect. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, Joe is someone to me, I just want to say again, disappointed that no one would, would have even taken a flyer on Joe. You know, nobody would give him a call. And I really, I think the game is better when Joe Madden's a manager in baseball. We don't have those characters as much anymore, Dustin. And, and, I, and I, I enjoy him. I think listening to him talk on, on Parkinson Spiegel, I think he was, like I said, just I love hearing him talk. And so it's a lot of fun. This was Friday when we were still when when everybody was looking at, at Shohei's jet and watching Shohei's jet. So uh, this is what he had to say about Shohei. Uh, him and John Maley, they they coach Shohei obviously with the Angels. Here is what he had to say. Uh, he's a great teammate. He's up for everybody else all the time. He's got a great sense of humor. He's learning the English language slowly. Um, I actually believe he uh, speaks it better than he lets on. I, I know he understands it well. He's that good of a baseball player, but he's really a good fella, and I really enjoy being around him. All right. So that, I hope that's $700 million worth of a good teammate and a good person. But here's the clip, Dustin, that 
really kind of drew my attention here. It was about because you and I both said seven hundred million. If he's just a DH, is is a is a big chunk of change for for a DH. So here's what Joe had to say about Otani pitching. I'm certain he's going to come back and he's going to pitch well again. This guy is so motivated. Uh, he knows his place in the game. He knows where he wants to go to. He knows the legacy he wants to leave. Um, he's very uh, motivated and he's very directed and uh, precise. So I, I believe he will overcome this. I know it's unusual to have somebody do it twice and still be great at what he does as a pitcher. But if anybody could do it, he can. He's that motivated. Motivation's a good thing, man, but 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 health and the body that that's that, that that was what I told you about worried me the most about Shohei is I I would have rather just paid for him to be a hitter, which would have been probably too much seven hundred too much for a hitter. But um when you're looking at this situation here, there are guys that have come back from two Tommy John. It's not common. Jameson Tayon is one. But imagine if you're paying this guy seven hundred million dollars and he starts pitching again, and then all of a sudden something happens to his arm again. How long can you keep doing that, right? Well, that I mean, my question is, Crowley, is what if he could have pitched this year? What if he was not going through a Tommy John rehab right now? Well, what are we talking about then? Eight? Seriously? It's, it's it, it boggles the mind, but I I think that it was for teams. It's worth the risk to just sit there and go in and and. Like I said, the way that the contracts worked out, it may seem like 700, but over time and the way it's spread out, it's not as horrible as the 10 years, 700 million that you think about. So, um, you know, we, you mentioned make, you're not going to make me like, oh, boy, I wish the Cubs were smarter than this and they could. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I, I have no problem with the Cubs not being involved in, in this kind of right. stupidity. I, I just I, I just I'm sorry. I just find God bless Shohei Otani. OK, good for him. Good for anybody connected to them. I hope they have a merry, merry Christmas. This is stupid. It's stu- <laughs> he's going to make Crowley when you start breaking it down. He's making fifty dollars and one cent a minute. Not bad work if you can get it, huh? Fifty dollars and one cent a minute. He's going to make over four hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars for every game that the. Um, Dodgers are scheduled to play in the regular season next year. Regular and, season. And Dustin, you know the first opponent that he faces on the road is the Chicago Cubs, right? Are you uh you got your tickets uh already up for sale or what? Oh no, 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 no. I, I I'm I'm going to go. I mean, I'm sure I'll sell a couple, but uh All three games? I won't go all three games. No, I'm just I'll just go to one and check it out. I you know, I think it'll be fun, but uh what are I the would walk, I would if I, if I were an opposing manager, this is why I, I'm not an opposing manager. I would walk him every time. I would never. I, I'm so. I'm so disgusted by this. Here, go ahead. Let's go to first. You're not. Uh, I'm not you're, you're never going to see a pitch. You'll never see a pitch. Again, with that, with that Dodgers lineup, I'm not. I mean, who knows how many guys are already on base? I mean, you're going to have to pitch to him. It, it's just the way it's going to have to be. Now, Madden was asked what he would tell Otani about the Cubs. No, I, I tell him it's the it's the big leagues of the big leagues. Um, that's what I always felt while I was there. Um, to, and I've told you guys this a zillion times, and I've told I mean, first of all, you have the best fans in history. Um, the reason why I love going back there now more than anything is to interact with the, with the, with the fans. And I just did that. The 400 Club, uh, last year I did that. And some autograph signings there. And it's never, it's always the same. The people I remember well. Uh, there's nobody, everybody has a, a positive vibe from what had happened. And uh, they, I just ran into a Cup fan the other night. My God, it was incredible. So it's the fans, <laughs> and then the ballpark. That's that's number two, man. You don't. I just I wasn't denigrating. It's just a fact. It's right on a lake, and it's tough. Uh, but the fan, the ballpark itself. I, I did say thank you every time I walked in the building. So if anybody asks me, it's the big leagues of the big leagues. Yep, Club Four Hundred. Shout out by Joe Madden. Even if he flipped the name, it's okay. We know what he meant, and. Uh... You know, hey, that to me that was that was great. You know, th- that's the thing about Joe is is he is such a great guy, and he really truly loves the fans and coming out here. I, I've mentioned it before, but but what a blast, you know. And uh, you know, the guys Parkinson speaker and ask him who he still talks to on the Cubs team. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, everybody checks in. I mean, like guys that um, I mean, Butterfield. I've been I've been texting with Butter more recently. Um, I text with Riz a lot, Anthony. Get in touch on on a, on a basis. Um, Hickey, um, you know, not more far in the past, Jimmy Hickey. Um, yeah. Gosh, Chili David. I could go on and on. I mean, everybody. 
you touch base with everybody at a different point. There's a young no, man no, by no, the name no, of no. Crowley. Jesse, young hey, Crowley, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. About, that I've been going he, back and forth with him recently. He just wanted some advice on uh, a job opportunity. I get this a lot. I get it from coaches in different sports, um, uh, you know, even like um, uh, guys checking in on the book as an example. They really appreciate the book and like it. Um, some really significant uh, people like Jimmy Leland as an example. So all this stuff, uh, everybody stays in touch, and it's been great. Um, I, I do get back as quickly as I possibly can, and we have great conversation, and it's something um, – that I, I enjoy, absolutely enjoy. So I'm staying connected through the podcast. I'm staying connected. I'm doing a weekly gig with Brian Kenny on MLB Network that I really enjoy because Brian really challenges you, and I like that a lot. So that's been my uh, staying reconnected. I do watch. Um, I'm watching. I'm listening. I'm breaking down. I'm trying to understand, you know, who's hired and why. I mean, I'm just trying to understand different front office methods and um, and what's going on in the game in general right now. So I am staying connected. I do understand. I'm watching. But yeah, everybody, everybody, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll try to sit down and make a list. Everybody kind of checks in at different times. That was a weird, that was some of those answers. That's I mean, exactly, that's not exactly what was at. Like, he doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't, he's not really talking to anybody currently on the Cubs. No. So all the guys he was talking to was all, and it's funny because the guys that he mentioned, and this one kind of made my ears perk when I hear this, and I'll tell you why. When the book is finally written about what happened to the, that Cub core. I want to know who had the ultimate decision to fire Bozzi, Chris Bozzio, pitching coach, John Maley, hitting coach, and Gary Jones, who worked with, who was a third base coach with the toothpick, and he was the one that was, um, he worked with the defense. Okay. And the guys that he mentioned were all the guys that he, re, that, that he replaced. So after 2017, Maley, Bozzio, and Gary Jones are out. Uh, Brian Butters, uh, uh, Jim Hickey, and Chili Davis were the guys that he brought in. And those were the guys that he mentioned plus Rizzo. I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. I thought that was weird. That was a weird, that was real. I mean, that was real. He talked, he, he talked around that one. <laughs> he talked around that one. Well, the other question he was asked was about, you know, the conversation with Theo when he was let uh -huh. go. This is a good one to share. Yep. It's a cordial conversation. I, it was just obvious that uh, they wanted to do something differently. It was really hard. It's really hard to, to, you know, connect all the dots after winning the first World Series in 108 years to be gone a couple of years after that with no losing seasons. And the last one being not so good, pretty much based on a lot of injuries in the, in the last month of the year. So, yeah, I thought we were going to be together longer than that. As I said, I love that it's the big league of the big leagues. I love the city, the fans, I love the ballpark. So, and the group of guys we had is pretty significant. And um, to just be disbanded that quickly um, – None of us really liked that, obviously, and I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't, wasn't, I didn't think it was cool. And I thought that we had some really good years uh, to go beyond that. But, of course, sat with Theo. Listen, it was never, it was never uh, confrontational at all. It was very um, smooth and calm, actually. And the same thing with Perry and I. I mean, listen, if he's the boss and they want to do something differently, they get they, that's, they got the bigger stick, man. Go ahead and do something differently. <laughs> that's the way this whole thing works. So, um, no, it was never mean-spirited or anything like that. I'm just saying I disagree. And I have the right to say I disagree with the um, the decision, and um, but it's moved on since then. And right now, back on the other side. Now, when I when I think of that, you know, it, it was I remember that last year when he was going in in 2019 at CubsCon, he kept saying, "I'm a free agent," and you knew, you just kind of knew, like if you really wanted him extended, you would have extended him. You know what I mean? All right. Yep. He yeah they yeah he wasn't coming back. I think it was against the Cardinals. Um, that last series when Joe was fired. I think that Ben Zobris struck out Yadier Molina, if you remember that. And then I remember seeing the two of them after the game. I think Joe had a beer. I can't remember if Theo had one as well. I think they were both drinking something, and and that was it. It, it, it was, you know, it wasn't shocking, but it, it in a way, you know, it just kind of – it was, you know, when you think about three NLCSs in that quick amount of time, then 2018 – they were in the postseason. And then 2019, they were still in the running for it, and everybody got injured. Uh, Rizzo's ankle was absolutely shot. I don't know if you remember. Like, it was all purple and, like, knotted. I mean, it was all – I can't believe he played on that thing. It was surprising. But speaking of surprising, here's Madden's reaction to uh, David Ross getting fired. I have not talked to him. I immediately texted him, and he got back to me. Um, uh, I, I don't think you guys saw that coming. I didn't see that coming. And um, – uh, surprise. I mean, this guy, um, you know, he, 
obviously took my spot. I was very happy that it was David that took my spot. He's a World Series hero. Um, even though he was there for a brief period of time as a player, he really ingratiated himself to the fan base. Um, he's one of my favorite teammates of all time. So, yeah, it was surprising to me. I don't know the decision-making process. I don't even pretend to know. Uh, I was involved in a similar situation uh, when I first got my opportunity there, and it's it's not easy. Uh, the difference would be that uh, David was firmly um, based in um, uh, Chicago Cubs lore based on what he had done there. So, um, for me, that was it was different. I, I I still I don't know enough reason about it. Uh, you know, different things I read, but I don't believe everything I read and hear either. So, um, I'm disappointed because uh, David means a lot to me. Yeah, it's um, you know from all accounts, David Ross was the general when David you know when 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 Madden was managing. So, you know, he put a lot on his plate, and and that's why people thought Ross was going to be a great manager is the way that he communicated with people. Um, the respect he had among teammates. So uh, interesting to see that they were texting after it happened. And and Madden wasn't done with this content with with this with this subject here. You know, everything's always veiled, and that's the one thing that it really uh, when somebody you know shoots me straight between the eyes and tells me straight up, I'll always appreciate that more. It's something I've actually mentioned that if I if I tell you the truth, you might not like me for a week or ten days, but if I lie to you, I mean, you're gonna hate me forever. So I, I, you know, regardless, I know what I read, and I and I know all that. But I, it's hard for me to understand, believe that David was that inept as a manager. I don't, I don't believe that. I know, I know what he's like. I know I sat next to him. We talked a lot, and I know how much he cares. So that's my perspective on it. Now, with all due respect to Joe, I don't think that Jed thought that David Ross was an inept manager. I thought that there was a guy available, the best manager to me. I would put him in the top five managers in MLB. I, 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 you know, you'd have to put Bochi up there, a couple other guys, but there were very few managers that this would have happened to. Again, uh, this is the this was the guy that when he became, it was the same thing that Joe did to Ricky Renteria. Is that they that when Joe became available, Theo and Jed ran down to Florida, bought a cheap bottle of wine from the Publix. And, and worked out a deal with them. It's the same exact thing is this was a, they saw this as an opportunity. I don't think that Ross, that, that they necessarily thought Ross was a bad manager. Again, if Craig council signs with New York or if Craig council signs back with the Brewers, David Ross is the manager of this team right now. No yeah. question. No question. No, no, no question about it. I told, I totally agree with you. And then this was, this is kind of finishing up on, on uh, David Ross and Craig council. Craig's wonderful. I mean, listen, I've worked against him. He's very good at what he does. But David's a friend. And so, uh, you know, it's, I, I want to believe that I am objective all the time. And I think I'm, I normally am. But in this situation, I just don't know enough to be totally objective. Fair enough. Now, um, Joe was asked the idea of would he work for Cub TV or radio? And, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, Dustin. It, 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 I mean, consider with all due. I mean, consider who's asking the questions, right? I mean, right. But you know, when when you're talking about it, I mean, Joe is much more comfortable in front of the media than, say, Craig Council or David Ross, either one of those guys. You, if you ever would see the press scrum before the game in the dugout, right. Joe would be sitting with the sunglasses, Joe Cool, all that stuff. Listen, and baseball so needs <laughs> baseball broadcasts, national broadcasts could do a whole lot worse than Joe Madden. Baseball broadcasts need more Joe Madden. He's, could you imagine? He's way better than Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez is garbage. I would so much rather hear Joe break something down than Alex Rodriguez. But here, here, here was his answer. I haven't even thought about it, to be honest with you. That means I'd have to be in Chicago a lot. Um, that, would, that would require uh, – <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't overstate how much I'm enjoying what I'm doing and where I'm living right now. It have to be. Uh, it's it's like anything else. I mean, you guys are the same. You know. It. I mean, if you're going to uh, undertake a new job somewhere else, it would depend on the passion of the people talking to you and why they want to have you there. And it would have to come from that sincere moment. If it is, and I thought it was a good fit, yeah, I would consider something like that. But it's nothing that I would drum up and, and put out there. It'd have to be something that somebody would ask me. No way is he coming to do Cubs TV or radio. I th I found it funny just because, like I said, he, I mean, think about this. People were pining for Joe Girardi to be manager and he, he's never even managed the Cubs. You know what I mean? And he hasn't, it was just, uh, if you had Joe Madden there every 
little decision, every mistake, every every time council may not have grabbed a guy out before the reliever gave up the home run, it would be they could just hire Joe Madden. He's right here. No, not happening. Well, they had the same thing. Who was it before that? Um, oh, gosh, name's escaping me now. The manager of the Diamondbacks. Bob Brenly. Bob Brenly. That was going on for a while, yep. right? That the old Bob Brenly sitting right up there. And that's right. why they hired him to do that job. So they could, you know, have a guy in waiting if they needed it. Right. Now I I, I see I don't I just don't think it would work out. And I don't think it would be I don't think they would have anybody in wait or anything like that. I just think that, you know, Joe is entertaining. And when you're talking about a product like Marquee or even, you know, six seventy the score as far as calling the games you know, think about how fun Joe would be to listen to. And so I, I don't know if you, if, the, if oh, that, having Joe like come back and do the seventh inning stretch and do like the old traditional, like an inning on TV and an inning on radio, like they used to do. I mean, I'd be down with that. Right. Right. You know, It'll, something it, like that. Right. I think I would almost even be down with Joe, like doing a, a weekend in studio stint with Marquis. Right. For a series, right? Just right. for a series, pregame, postgame. See, I, I don't know if it would, I would just want him for a series. I think like part of what I want from Marquis is just more continuity. So you want more You want more continuity. You want the same people in all the time as opposed to all the switching and whatnot. Yeah, I, I would prefer that. You know, right, and, Some and, people and, like it. Some people don't. I, I'm not sure which way. Uh, I'd have to know. I, let's put it this way. I need to know who that would be, right? To say, oh, I like that. Right. And, I had, and, the trouble, I guess, is Crowley is I haven't seen enough of anybody to say, oh, I like that all the time. I, I like Cliff Floyd a lot. Cliff Floyd, Floyd cracks me up. I think him yeah. and Cole Wright have good chemistry. But that's the thing is you got to develop chemistry. And Dustin, you've been working radio for many, many years. You, you know how tough it is to kind of get that going. And if you can't constantly work on that and tweak it and learn from it, it it's tough. Yep. No doubt about that. And then last one right here. What's it like to pitch the Cubs to a top free agent? It's orchestrated. I mean, they do a nice job uh, right down to the video, getting as much, many people involved as they possibly can. In a sense, uh, in a situation like show, like really researching his history, where he came from, uh, what it was like to grow up there, uh, the traditions of that, uh, that country, or maybe more specifically the region of Japan that he had come from. It was very orchestrated. Um, everybody, we were all uh, versed in advance. And, of course, the L took the lead in the moment. So, but that's, that's – I'm sure everybody did the same thing. I, I, can't under, I can't believe or understand that anybody would do anything differently. It's just that uh, under Theo, it was a very orchestrated and well-thought-out uh, plan. The, I, the one that always kind of gets in my head it was um, the John Lester, how they had some sort of video of him on on the mound in Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah, that was just the anniversary. That was just uh, yesterday, I believe, December the tenth. Yeah, and, and so I, I I think about that a lot. But hey, you know what? It, like I said, baseball is more interesting when Joe's there, and and great job by the score and getting Joe to come on and 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 giving us a, a little perspective on Shohei and Craig Council and uh, David Ross. Absolutely. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 95 of the Fly the W670 Podcast. Cubs have no do-re-me for Shohei Otani. <laughs> Don't forget there to download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W Podcast. All right, Crowley, in this segment, we're going to do some news, we're going to do some notes, we're going to do some rumors, we're going to do some events surrounding the Cubs in Wrigley Field. And as we were... Uh, in the process of laying down this uh, podcast, we've got some uh, breaking news, if you will, on Twitter per The Athletic and per Bobby Nightingale. Not Bobby, yes. I guess Bob. We should differentiate the two. Yes. Shohei Otani will defer $68 million per year of his $70 million annual salary over the course of his 10-year $700 million deal with the Dodgers, allowing the team to keep spending, according to a person brief with the terms. Now this so, is coming from this is coming from the Dodgers athletic reporter. That's who's that's who's reporting this, tweeting this out. So th- I'm just trying to figure this out. So he's going to be making 2 million a year? Right. So so and then Bob Nightingale follows up with the payments are going to start in 2034. Again, we're in 2023 right now. And they're going to go through 2043. I also saw Darren Ravel say Call BS on all of this, saying that the owners will never go for this. 
other owners. Like this, this has to be approved. Like th this is total BS. There's no way that this can this can happen. And it doesn't seem. I mean, it doesn't seem fair. No, you're, you're 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 circumventing all of what what it's supposed to be with the luxury tax stuff. That you're right. just so circumventing saying, it. There's yeah, again, no way. The athletic, the LA, the LA Dodgers reporter for the Athletic, Fabian Ardia. If I'm mispronouncing his name, I apologize. And Bob Nightingale are, are on this kind of back and forth going on. But Darren Ravel is calling BS on the whole thing, and I got to side with Ravel on this. This can't be right. This can't be. This can't be. If that if that's the case, then go ahead and give Bellinger three hundred million. I don't care. We won't be. I I don't know. I mean I, I mean I hope. I guess. Am I still gonna be? Am I gonna be around in twenty forty three watching Cubs baseball? And, and think about this. Maybe. Dustin. Maybe think not. About, I might be here, but I might not know what I'm watching. Maybe we can do like holographic podcast, whatever the next generation is. But my, I guess to to me, it's think about this: is that you're saddling that on the next owner. Okay, so if you're, if well, <laughs> to me that, that's just well, unless, they're, unless, they're, unless they're just figuring that the 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 TV dollars, right? The, the the TV revenue, the broadcasting rights, is just going to keep going up and up and up and up and up. And I don't think it is. I, I think at some point it reaches a cap. People aren't going to keep paying for this stuff. No, no. If you've been if you've been watching any sports media stuff, these RSNs are going under. Right. The, the the era of the big dollar deals are going under. There's so I, I'm curious now. Now this has me wondering if, if this Shohei situation is done. Like, and what if you, what if it all falls apart? That's that's what like, I'm wondering. Is right? that, what, if, what, if whole, what, what if baseball comes in and says, you know what, this whole thing stinks, and we're not going to allow it. And, and you know, when you think about to me the most powerful man in baseball, it is Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry Reinsdorf is kind of like the godfather and and and, and th there's no way that a small market team is going to allow a team the whole concept of the luxury tax was to try to make it painful um to give guys these gigantic contracts uh and now now basically th this is just like I said it's circumventing it it's going around it it's saying okay we're only giving them 2 million a year no you're not you're just backloading this deal massively and kicking the can down the year 10 years just I mean, and, and it could have been Otani's idea. That doesn't mean it's going to work. Wow. So this is this is something we're going to have to kind of kick around here. But uh, hopefully, we'll have a few more details. And 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 who knows? Maybe Shohei Watch twenty twenty four will be back on. Um, other hot I mean, stove Jeff, rumors. Jeff, Jeff Hassan now is jumping on this. So all all the big dogs are on this thing. As I'm looking at Twitter, what a mess. All right. Well, you know what? Someone that isn't going to be getting that much money, but is finally, we heard a name attached to us, and we talked about this last time, Marcus Stroman attached to a team. The Royals are interested in the former Cub pitcher. Uh, speaking of the Royals, they signed reliever Will Smith, so there's a reunion there. And then former Cubs reliever, lefty Andrew Chafin, the sheriff, signed back with the Detroit Tigers, so a couple of reunions going on there, but... Uh, Again, there's still a lot going on, and, and I was hoping that we would have moved on from the Shohei stuff, but we'll wait and see what happens. We will see, but this, boy, this is he this is head this is head scratching stuff right here, Crawley. This is very, very interesting. All right, so um, you got some. Uh, let's talk about some some fun stuff. You had a fun weekend, right? Yeah, we we had um, the Club Four Hundred Christmas party with Mike Talkman. I cannot tell Talk you. Off. You know, the, the Talkman is such, he's a nice guy. He's a quiet guy. And, and, you know, it, it was great. We had John Maley, who is now um, with the Cubs coaching staff again, the 2016 Cubs hitting coach interviewing him and just a really good dude, you know, and, and when we talked to, you know, we talked about the team and how, how they never quit the whole year, even when they were 10 games under and about that catch that he made against the Cardinals. You know, you remember that streak where they went, I think Cardinals, White Sox, Cardinals, and I think, you know, that was the streak that that made Jed keep the team together. Yep. And so it was a really great party. We had Brian McRae, who was with the Cubs in the late 90s. Uh, he was there, and we, we did some Cubs caroling. And if you're watching on the 670 The Score YouTube channel, Cub caroling is coming up this weekend. Here is our hymnal right here. Hymnal? Um, 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Here is our hymnal and, and we have all sorts of great songs that our friend Danny Rocket has done there. Um, and so, you know, Clark, the pantless mascot in, into the tune of frosty, the snowman. Um, we have spending dough instead of let it snow. All sorts of great, uh, instead of Feliz Navidad, we have Javier Assad, cha-cha-cha. Um, are you so going to sing a couple lines here for us, Carly? Oh, God, no. But if you would like to come, Dustin, it is no, going you haven't to had be. Enough, you haven't had, a, haven't had a beer yet, yet, have you? Well, it's not the beer as much as, as my voice has been trashed this whole weekend. Um, I, I, you know, we were singing the carols all night, and uh, right now I'm, I'm, I'm in recovery mode right here. Wow. But uh, yeah. we are going to start. I was just going to ask, where's it, where does this start? Saturday from 5 till 6 p.m. We are going to be at Output, which is right next to the Metro, right across from Wrigleyville Dogs. And it has the best wings in Wrigleyville by far. And, and the cold beer is going to be flowing, and that's just going to kind of be the meetup spot. And so what we'll do is we'll kind of move from bar to bar after that. And, we'll, and on my Twitter, at Crawley's Cubs, We'll be updating where we are going to go, but we, we have a whole list of bars. We're going to be at Elfed Up. We're going to be at uh, Grinchies. We're going to be at all the pop-up bars. And so what we do is we walk into these bars at Wrigleyville. They know we're coming. I already pre-walked it on Friday. And they turn off the music. We, th we sing three songs, and then we drink a beer. And then we move on to the next bar. So I think we have 13, beers, 13 bars total. And then we finish up at Nisei Lounge. Um, with some candy cane infused Malort. So it, it will be a good time. It does not cost anything. It's free to the public. Um, it, it's, it's a great way to meet a lot of Cub fans. And, and there's going to be a lot of, if you're on Cub social media, there's going to be a lot of people that you're going to know at this party. And we are absolutely going to be have a blast. So if you've never done it, it's just, it's, it's an experience like no other. Um, everybody's really friendly and just, it's just singing. And so I kind of come from the school of Harry Carey where like I sing so bad, you don't have to be embarrassed about singing badly. Um, and I sing loud. So don't worry, you'll be fine. If you're not a great singer, it's all about having fun. And a lot of people that we've met on this Cubs crawl, um, they come back every year. Like we met, met them the first time they came out and now they come every year. Once you come once, you're not going to miss out. So, um, I'll definitely put some information on all our socials about how to kind of get in touch. There's a Facebook page for the event. It, it, it's a lot of fun and, and a lot of laughing. And we, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Very good. Sounds like a blast. I wish I could be part of it. I have a already am, uh, tied up with a holiday party. So, uh, uh, have fun this weekend, Crowley. That's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, Fly the W on Facebook, uh, Instagram, of course, on Twitter. And don't forget, you can email Crowley and I, fly the W670 at gmail.com. And watch us on YouTube by subscribing to 670 The Score and the YouTube channel. But, Crowley, we're going to get together again before we uh, have your caroling. So there'll be more Cubs news to share with the people before uh, Saturday. Yep, and don't give up hope yet. The offseason's still early. Don't worry. Go Cubs! It's all over.